0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Defy the Norm podcast. Today, I am interviewing Janelle, who runs an Instagram account, Home with the Hoopers. And I followed her for a long time when we first started RVing. Well, not when we first started RVing, but I followed her for the last few years and seen their RVing journey. And then they just recently, about the same time that we got a home base in Polson, they bought a piece of land in Texas, to um, build their dream homestead on. So I wanted to pick her brain about RV life and what it's like to go from homeschooling and then to homesteading. Uh, they were raising a bunch of cattle and we we're contemplating if that's the next step on our journey. I don't think it is, but you never know. Uh, and so anyways, we're gonna dig in, dig into it and uh, I'm excited to share her thoughts about the whole process. To inspire you to boldly and unapologetically live outside the box, dream big, and question everything. This is the Defy the Norm podcast with Nomads with a Purpose. Hey, Ralph. Can you Hi. hear me? I can. Yes. I was laughing because I was—I just screamed to my husband, bring me the Wi-Fi hotspot! <laughs> okay. Awesome. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. We're in South Dakota, and I love it here, so I'm pretty happy. Oh. It rains super oh. hard, too, and you know that feeling when you're like in the RV and it's just the rain is so loud I don't know I love it I think it's
1: yeah I love rain in an RV or like metal roofs or something
0: yeah yeah exactly um well I like your hat is that be happy's hat it is it's Brooke's hat I love Brooke I do too we had the craziest uh running it we crossed paths at a campground totally out of coincidence a couple months ago so
1: that's so funny one of my best friends that I used to work with um, when I was a nurse at the hospital is actually Brooke's cousin and I had no idea that until we met Brooke on the road and we were talking she's like hey you're friends with Maria I was like yeah she's one of my best friends and she's like we're cousins I'm like that's so bizarre like I had no idea
0: our world gets smaller and smaller for sure it really does Okay, so give me a backstory, that way anyone listening that doesn't know, actually, there's probably a lot of things I don't know about your backstory, so tell me, like, how long, to the age of your kids, and how long you guys were RVing, and it looks like you guys are in the process of building a, a house. Yeah, I'm sitting on our future back porch right now. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: That's dope. Um, So, I have two little boys. Corbin is eight now, and Wyatt is six Um, we RV'd for four and a half years, full time. We actually were stationary for about a year and a half. When we first started out, we were park hosting in a local state park. And then my husband got a job working remotely and we hit the road or he was actually in between jobs and we took a big, like three month long trip across the West coast. And that's kind of like what lit the fire underneath us. We're like, how can we make this like a full-time thing? Um, and so he got back and pretty much was just at that point in time, we had saved so much money and, um, he was like, I'm just not going to accept any job. I'm going to wait until I find one, you know, that goes by what I want and I can work remotely and be home with you guys. And it was like two weeks after we got back from that trip and this job like fell into his lap and I quit nursing and we hit the road full time and haven't looked back since like we stopped. We just sold our rig a month ago, but we started being stationary again last year. Um, probably in the summertime, we headed back. His job kind of shifted and it wasn't as remote anymore, but everything was just kind of changing. Our boys were kind of ready. And we always said that we'd kind of follow um, their lead and just kind of our hearts on when, you know, time would be to like get roots down. And so, This land um, happened. We have 58 acres now and it's right by the hometown where my husband grew up. So we're 10 minutes from the boys' grandparents and amazing, amazing homeschool community here, um, which is so bizarre because the town, there's not even a red light. I mean, it's the smallest town in the world, but the homeschool community is like thriving. And so it was totally just meant to be. I mean, it's everything just feels so right. So now we're building
0: our house. I look so has more really square footage cool footage
1: in porches than it does in living space. So that's like where our priorities now after RVing like the living space is actually very small, but we have like 2,200 square footage of actual outdoor porch areas. So.
0: Yeah. That's that is kind of so where. important to be outside after you are used to being in an RV when you're you, Cause everyone says, right. How do you live in an RV? Well, you we <laughs> don't actually live in it much. You're usually outside. You just sleep yeah. in it and occasionally cook yeah. in it, but that's really cool. I, I, yeah. Is it so uh, it's probably an easy transition to go from RV living and camping to a lot of acreage. It helps that you have so much open space. Around it really you.
1: does because the kids have just been like running free and we're actually kind of back in an RV now. My in-laws have a toy hauler. And so we the kids and I have kind of been bumming around. We're visiting a lot of family and friends until the house is done since our rig sold so quickly. Um, but Andrew's staying out on the property in his parents' fifth wheel, and so we've been here for the past week with him back in an RV. And so it's just kind of funny, like we're just—it'll
0: never. I mean, be it, I'm not. Us, I mean, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's uh, well, you probably know that's kind of our story too, because now we we do have this home base, and it's nice because it's on a lot of acreage. But I go back for like a week or maybe ten days, and I'm like, okay, I've had enough. I need to be back in an RV. I can't. Yeah. I can't stay long. Um, I wanted to talk a lot about homeschooling because I think, uh, you know, you've been, I remember you posted about uh, some of those, uh, was it beautiful feet books? And I don't know, Mm -hmm. like we could give people some inspiration. I think if you're ever considering homeschooling, now would definitely be the time to pull your kids out. And so maybe we could talk a little bit about what your experience with it or what, you know, your struggles, but helping people overcome those fears.
1: Right. So we, um, my boys were very young when we first started living in the RV. Wyatt was 15 months old and Corbin was three. And so it just, when we were still stationary, I did have them both at like a little church school. I was working night shift at the time. So they were like in a preschool type setting. Um, and it was good, but like the older Corbin got, um, it just, it wasn't really driving with um my beliefs. And I was like, I just, I don't know, like it just didn't feel right. And I couldn't pinpoint what didn't feel right about it. But then when we had the opportunity to hit the road and we were just immersed daily with each other and like being outside, and they were we were in all these national parks and we were doing these junior ranger programs and they were um just making friends of all ages you know like these older kids were taking my little boys under their wings and like involving them and i was like this is this is it i didn't know what i wanted and i didn't know how to describe it but when we lived it it became so clear um about why we would continue to homeschool and it wasn't just going to be a stage as we were traveling in the rv um it's been a struggle for sure. Um, I really, I feel like I, we had to go through that stage, a period of unschooling and it was more so for myself because I felt like I was trying to recreate my education, what I knew as a child growing up, because I went through the public school system and so did my husband. Um, all of my siblings are teachers. Um, I didn't have a lot of support, um, on the family side of things other than Andrew, of course is very supportive, but it was, it's been a hard journey as far as that goes. It's just like finding my place. And it's something that I'm still discovering and leaning on. And now that we're stationary and we have, um, this amazing community, we joined a co-op group that meets on Fridays. Um, it's kind of Charlotte Mason based, but very like we have farm days where we just go out to people's property and the kids just run free for like five or six hours. Like we just don't even see them. They just kind of go and disappear into the woods and they come back and it's so beautiful. And it's like, my kids have grown so much and um, just really leaning it towards like that. I don't getting comfortable and feeling like I don't have to have a curriculum. Um, I put so much pressure on myself and trying to find the perfect curriculum and the perfect, um, trying to check the boxes and comparing them to my friends, kids that were in school and meeting different expectations. And, um, last year and we were stationary we did, I did get my son tested, my oldest son Corbin, because he was just struggling and his struggles came out a lot in anger when we would pull out anything homeschool related. And I couldn't understand. I was, I was struggling. So I was like, is this a behavioral thing? Or is he like, not adjusting well with a transition, would public school be better for him? Or is there like a true, is something going on that I couldn't um, pinpoint? And so um, he got diagnosed with dyslexia and dysgraphia. And once we got those official diagnoses, it's been like world changing just for me and learning his perspective and learning so much about those learning differences and how his brain works. It's just been a really beautiful thing. And so now I've just been digging into these like living books and like the beautiful feet books, like you were saying, where I just read to them and we talk about it, you know, and they'll narrate back to me or they'll go watch a national geographic show. Like yesterday they were watching this documentary on sharks and every two minutes they were pausing it and running into the kitchen and telling me like, mom, you're not going to believe this. Like (laughs) what happened in this documentary or how big this shark was or how they were around when dinosaurs were around. And to like it's stuff when they do things like that. I'm like, this is learning. This is how they're grasping it. And they're relating to it. And they're so interested into it. And that like this whole shark thing, that was completely self-led, you know, like he just had, he's into it. And so just, um, watching them pick up on that and really guiding their own learning has been really cool to, to witness. So I'm really excited for this year. We've just kind of like, I've kind of put everything on hold during this whole transition phase of building the house because life is busy and we're just kind of hopping around, but I'm really excited once we do get settled in to kind of, um, have that stationary aspect of it where we can just like run out into the backyard and we can get our garden really going and just, you know, get our hands on learning with like the whole homesteading. We have cat, we have like 40 head of cattle, um, and whatnot. So just really getting them into that and, and learn, get fulfilling their passions. So,
0: and if you're listening, it's like (laughs) you nailed so many elements of it that a lot of times people, the first one is harnessing that intuition because even though we all have it, it's just so easy to be, to feel the pressure of logic and society. Like, no, 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 this is what you're supposed to do. And you're like, inside your heart's tugging, like this doesn't feel right. Cause the mm-hmm. same thing that started uh, my journey with it. And then when they were younger uh, deaf, we, we were living in a city. So we didn't RV, in fact, we were like, n- we never started camping until my fourth was born. So when the others were younger, we would go to farms, like you said, and just, they would be so happy digging in the dirt that eventually I started clueing like, Hmm, cause I started homeschooling. Then we went RVing inverse, but something like, Hmm, seems like they're a lot happier. They're easier to, <laughs> to parent. And they're yeah. more motivated when they're outdoors. And then that kind of triggered a whole s- sequence of outdoor experience. So I do think a lot of people, y- you have to find some balance in, uh, yeah, there needs to be some curriculum or some form of learning. And that's I'm like leaning further and further away from what we define that it doesn't have to be a school curriculum. It just needs to be there's something they're passionate about, and then just outside. Mm-hmm. It makes such a difference when the kids are outside and your oldest that was diagnosed with dyslexia is probably so much more hands-on things are great for him. Right. Yes. As long as yeah. he's able to use it with his hand. I do a Uh, I really need to redo this workshop, but I do a workshop based on cognitive function and it's interesting because all my kids had different cognitive functions as far as like if you do it by Myers-Briggs typing indicator and some of them are so good at like they absolutely need here's a workbook and we'll sit there and plug away and then a couple of them. I needed all hands-on, fully in in their. I don't know if they've ever. I mean, they've done a few workbooks over the time, but yeah, hands-on was definitely the way to go. And another is like just random ideas. The kid can just he'll talk his way through life, and that'll be just totally fine, and yep. he'll never need to to do anything. So that that's great. I hope. I really hope a lot of people out there that feel that tug at least act on it and don't. I think the message from all of us homeschooling moms is like you're not going to necessarily know, don't wait till, you know, because you're never going to know. And every time you think, you know, you're going to realize, Oh, I was wrong, but you just adapt and kind of every time, you know, you hit a, hit a wall, it seems like a new door opens and then you kind of, right. And
1: it's, it's really hard to not question yourself. And even when we got Corbin's, um, diagnosis with the dyslexia and dysgraphia, I really went through like probably four weeks of really questioning myself of like, I, was I good enough or did he need a specialist? You know, did he need someone that could really um, give him a better education or help him better than I could. But then it's like, the more I started deeping, uh, digging deeper and like God put people in my pathways is like two, I met two school counselors within our school district. um, And they were, I just asked them, I'm like, Hey, what does your like um, dyslexia programs look like at the public school? Because we pay school taxes. So theoretically he could go get, the dyslexia program at the school, if we wanted to, you know, but she, they both explained it as like this huge group setting and it kind of works at this like individual, like mean level, like median, and it doesn't break it down to what each kid needs. And that was just so reassuring to me is like that God gave me these children and I am equipped to teach them, you know, and like anything that I can give him one-on-one will far exceed what he could get, um, in that huge group setting. that's just how I, I have like really dealt with it personally and being like, I can do this. Like I, I can equip myself. I can research, I can, you know, dig down. And I, I know him, like you were talking about that intuition. Like I know what really helps him learn. And so just kind of exploring all those, um, fronts together has been really helpful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I go a step further now and tell people try to figure out your kid's Enneagram. Cause there's a good chance he's just a type seven. That, yeah. Oh, he that, is a total seven. And total then, seven. Like I i, I try to get uh Isabel, uh, my middle child, because she's so driven on kids' mindfulness and and teaching these things. I'm like, you need to create a little workbook for like homeschoolers, homeschooling by Enneagram. Cause it's true. Type is like yeah, they're, just, they're they are not wired to be sitting in a, in a seat. Oh, no.
1: He's out on his little Honda 50 dirt bike, like creating <laughs> jumps in our pasture and, you know, doing tricks yeah. and well, chasing that's the baby the, cows around. So that's
0: the hard part I'm finding right now, though, is when we do go back, we do maybe I haven't done a good job of looking for community. Um, I, I just, when we live in an RV, we were naturally around lots of other kids, but when we go to our right. land, they just have each other. And while it's amazing, they create great bonds. Sometimes it gets to a point where huh, they need, they need something else. And so that's been a big yeah. struggle for us, but you've... yeah, it was a
1: struggle for us too. We were um, home last year, probably eight months before we found this community and it really took me like getting out of my comfort zone and I just met one person. She's like, Oh, you homeschool. I'm going to put you in contact, you know, with this other girl who I happened to work with at at Texas children's with for 12 years. I had no idea. We worked one (laughs) floor away from each other, but we were there at the exact same time. So I'm sure we like hung out in the elevator and didn't even realize it, but her daughter's also dyslexic and dysgraphic. So she was able to put me in contact with a person to do the testing who came out to the RV, like drove out to our RV in the middle of nowhere on our land to test (laughs) Corbin. So it was in a total comfortable setting. And um, just has been a huge resource as far as like, um, teaching me different brain exercises and like mindfulness exercises that we're doing with him, and just really getting him in touch with himself. And then he can like focus so much better and just like learning how he learns and whatnot. And so it was, it was lonely at first for sure. And I was like, I went through a period of, um, just anger and kind of resentment of like, why have we stopped traveling? I didn't understand it. Like why now? Like, why are we stationary? We had this beautiful life. We had so many friends on the road because we were on the road. We were always meeting up with people always, you know, it was a beautiful thing. And, um, so it did, it was a huge transition period to kind of get to where we're at. But like, once I kind of put myself out there, it's just been really beautiful. It's been awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, did you guys end up shifting to, uh, to land and stuff just because of the state of the world, or was it kind of in that plan already?
1: (laughs) Well, when we sold our house four and a half years ago, the RV was only supposed to be six months. My husband grew up on 40 acres. So land was always in his blood. Um, and so when we sold the RV, it was to look for land. Like we just wanted to get rid of our mortgage, um, just kind of wanted to change life. And we're like, let's just sell, sell it. We're going to live in the RV. My husband promised me it would be no more than six months. And Mm -hmm. we were going to find a piece of land. And we just ended up, I was the one I ended up like loving RV living. I'm like, this is so great. And my kids are so little. I can literally see them all the time. Yeah. Like, it's just, we had no bill. We can we got completely debt-free. We were both still working full-time. So we were able to just be really smart financially with our money. And it just opened so many, so many doors for us. Um, And now it's like the land that we have is ev- like everything that we had on our wish list it was like our wish list, you know, we, we figured back then we're like, okay, well, what are our top priorities when we're looking for a piece of land? Like, what would we want? And we wouldn't have gotten what we wanted then because we wouldn't have been able to afford it. And it's like, now we've, you know, had just waited it out and literally were able to check every single box on our wish list. And so it just, it, it just timing and it worked out.
0: Yeah. Worked out so really the, yeah. So the intention was a little bit there and then the opportunity
1: yeah, happened to present
0: itself. That's good. So what's it's like having cows, because the property we live on, we have a huge area that's already fenced in. That's ready. Probably could put 10 cows there, but I'm not sure if I'm ready for cows yet. Cows I are
1: fantastic. They, they require zero maintenance. <laughs> that's
0: what As I long as they have told. a water source. Cause people
1: were so worried when we got this land and we got cattle and we left last year for like six weeks, we went to Sedona around Thanksgiving I got so many DMS. They're like, well, who's watching your cows? What are you going to do with the cows? I'm like, they've got grass and they've got water. Like they literally take care of themselves as long as you've got good fence and they can't get out. I mean, (laughs) but yeah, they're the, they are the best animals and I'm obsessed and our cows, we, um, have worked really hard. Cows are very friendly animals. Anyways. They're very gentle generally. Um, But we've worked really hard on like, we feed ours daily ranch cubes and we go up and we like pet them and, you know, we get very comfortable with them. So they, they're like dogs. They're like giant dogs to us. I'll like walk up and down the driveway and there's three of them that'll just follow me. They like walk with me up and down the driveway and they're just the sweetest things. And when they calve like a couple of, we had, oh gosh, I think we've had 10 calves this year. And we have been able to watch these babies get born. We can go up right up to them right after they're born. And the boys are like loving on these cows. Like, uh, it's just, it's so cool. That's it really is. They're cute. awesome animals. They're I mean, really we're used to cool.
0: Europe. Whenever we're in Europe, the cows are everywhere and you're used to like yeah. with them. So I could see how it's, yeah, I wouldn't be necessarily intimidated by that. I'm intimidated by, um, you know, after five kids, I don't want anything else needy. On, like, no, just, they're not uh, needy. They're the so,
1: least needy farm animal you could get. Okay. Zero maintenance. Maybe spray for flies every once in a while, but they are like they're so easy. And, and are you get you your rate? ag exemption. So I don't know how it uh, where's your, I mean wherever y'all can. I don't know how y'all's laws work, but if you get ag exemption, then you don't have to do taxes. So ah, that's it's good. So, I should look it into takes, it. Yeah, if you can use your land for hay or cattle or something ag related, it gets wildlife exemption, and you don't have to pay taxes on it. I think we pay ten dollars in taxes a year on our land or something like that. So
0: (laughs) good to know. Um, Yeah, yeah, I think uh, we we probably should. Well, I need to really just encourage my oldest to take take the reins on that part because uh, I don't know if I'm even if it's easy. I don't know if I'm ready, but we really should because I've ordered two cows in the last four months I mean do you guys raise yours to eat so we
1: haven't but now we are now that we have our own land we're raising them to eat just because it just we know what we're spraying on our grass we know what we're ours are truly going to be grass-fed and grass grass-finished yeah beef and so we've had two bull calves this year that, we're all, that we'll that will um raise for for me beef okay yeah
0: yeah because I'm like the amount of money I spend on grass-fed cows, but to me, it's like the most important expense. Absolutely. And, and yeah. so I've just always want, I have a rancher that I know by me. and like, every time you have a cow, I'm just ordering it. I'm going to end up with six to yeah. deep freezers, which is the big reason why we don't just live in our RV now is because I'm yeah. so obsessed about having freezers full of grass-fed beef, just in case I like to be prepared on all fronts. Yeah. And so I go, at least I, it was really hard for maybe just a month we were traveling with two deep freezers in the fifth wheel. And I'm like, this is so heavy as it is. It's yeah. heavy to begin with. <laughs> so that was nice. Well, tell me, is there anything else you want to share about since it's defy the norm, like how you defy the norm, why you defy the norm, inspiring others to defy the norm. Um, I don't know. I think just to, if there's anything inside
1: of you that's like desiring something different to pursue it, you know, just to, to really look into that and see if it's something that you, you know, your intuition is usually right. And so just following that and making the life that you want is just so important. And I, I especially think in this day and age, I mean, the world is just a weird place right now and you just need to be able to do you, you know? And I just think that that's so important to just, go against the grain especially right now like there's uh you're definitely the minor- minority if you're going against the grain and so i just think that's an important thing to follow your intuition and your instincts and just live
0: your life yeah and it's been hard because i just took it upon myself to be extremely outspoken lately and and in some ways, what you're saying, just do you, I wake up every morning, and I'm like, stop trying to change the world, Robin, just stop, just stop, just do you and I like put up these quotes like, I'm um, reading uh, this book, how to be free in an unfree world and a lot of it in there is really it's everything I love about RV living and it's self sustainability that idea. But it does say it over and over like, don't try to don't try to like change, change the tides don't try to like don't put yourself out there. But with that, the other end is that I keep finding it helps me because there, even though we're the minority, there are so many like-minded people out there that are, and probably that's what drives me is more that I get to the points where I'm like, oh oh my gosh, I'm so scared with what's happening out there. I feel alone. I feel alone. And then I'll, you know, put myself out there and be like, okay, there's other people that are, are thinking the same thing, but they're maybe quieter. So that was Mm -hmm. good advice. Yeah, it is it's hard, but there are, there are people, there are people that are still logical that have their (laughs) head attached still, right? (laughs) Yep. All right. Well, thank you, Janelle. It was nice. It was really enjoyable to finally connect. It's so hard on Instagram. Like you kind of know people, but you kind of don't, and I'm not the most social person. So it's really nice when I get somebody (laughs) face to face and maybe, maybe we'll uh, be going through Texas one day and Holler to. if you
1: do. We, yeah. that's like our favorite thing is to host families out here. So last year we had, I think 12 families around new year's time and it was just a blast. We had so much fun.
0: That's great. So, yeah. We're putting a campground in our property. So oh, maybe sweet. you guys should that's do that. That's my husband's of, dream to like yeah. own a
1: campground. He wasn't want he doesn't want to do it on this property. He wants to like have a separate place, but okay, that's like his lifelong dream to own an RV park. So <laughs> that's
0: cool. It's not, it, we, the land that we have is my uncle's land, so it's his his doing. But he's it's on our property, so he's like,
1: That's so "I'm put in a
0: campground." And I thought this is probably really good for me because I'm not one to like reach out very well to other people, but I'm very much like, "Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, pull up." But yeah, I, I'm horrible about like imposing on myself on others, so that'll be yeah. Well, but I please will. stop I by You're <laughs> in the neighborhood. <laughs> All right, thanks so much for sharing your uh, wisdom and your intuition. I can tell you have very aligned. You know, we always talk about chakra healing. You have an open crown chakra and trusting, and it seems like everything has been working out for you guys because of it. So keep it up. Awesome. Thanks, Robin. All right, take care. Have a good day. You too. All right, bye bye. Okay.